Greetings, and welcome to Content That Moves, a new podcast that highlights the very best in brand storytelling through feature films, original web series, podcasts, even interactive digital experiences, really anything that showcases a brand's purpose and mission through the first-person narratives of real people. We want to shine a light to uncover the best practices and give you a behind-the-scenes look at all the strategy, creative, and distribution that will help you on your journey to do the same for your brand. Joining me on the podcast today is Tim Scott, who, before becoming Chief Marketing Officer of Land O'Lakes, had nearly four decades of experience telling stories on behalf of brands like Disney, Kraft, General Mills, as CEO of McGarry Bowen. In his tenure at Land O'Lakes, Tim has brought the co-op into a brave new era of emotionally rich cinematic storytelling with campaigns like SHE-IO, Find Your Friend, among many others, all of which we'll dig into today on the podcast. Content That Moves is created and brought to you by Credo Nonfiction, a content studio that moves the needle by moving your audience. Visit credononfiction.com to learn more. Tim, thanks for being here today. We appreciate it. Um, I have to say it's awesome to have another co-op represented. We actually just had a chat with uh, the head of content at REI, so it's cool Terrific. we can get yeah, the member-owned member, yeah. member owned perspective on the show. Um, but before we talk about Land O'Lakes, can you give us a little bit about your background? I know you've worked at um, some other really interesting brands as well. Okay. Well, my, my whole background prior to coming to Land O'Lakes was on the ad agency side. So 30-some years working at big agencies. I started at DDB. Then I was at JWT uh, in the old J. Walter Thompson days. Then I was at Foucault and Belding, FCB. Back to DDB. So everything had three letters. I was really good at that. Uh, And then I uh, ended up at McGarry Bowen, which was a startup, basically. um, Started the same year as 9-11. And uh, we made it... uh, you know, through a lot of hard work and a lot of brilliant people who preceded me um, to make it one of the premier global agencies. Um, That was as much fun as I've ever had. I ultimately became global CEO of McGarry Bowen. And um, then I decided to try something different. I was traveling nonstop and I was burning out. So I wanted to try something different. And I'd always thought about the client side. Uh, I certainly never thought about moving to Minneapolis, and I certainly never thought about going to work for what I perceived was a butter company. Uh But uh, then I met some people who were running it, and I sort of fell in love with the company and its its outlook on the world. And I didn't think they were telling their story um, in a particularly compelling way. I thought they were telling them, talking to people like they were a butter company. And they were so much bigger. And as I learned more, I thought, well, if I'm going to do the client thing, what a great what a great way to do it. So I started commuting from Chicago where I had my home and um, have a place here. And I have fallen in love with the company. So it's been almost five years. That's awesome. So for people, I think there are a lot of people out there that think of it just as a butter company as you did. For those people who don't know the scope of it, can you give us like an overview of what the land of life is? Yeah, it is interesting. I I had no idea. And I... uh, I learned that it was a farmer-owned co-op. It had been founded almost 100 years ago. In fact, our anniversary will be in 2021. We'll be leaning into it next year on the road to 100. Um, And we are owned by farmers, still owned by farmers. We are a Fortune 200 company, but we are owned by our members. 
And that gives us a, a, a very different set of values and, and ways to operate. Within our construct, we have the butter dairy business, which everybody knows, sort of our namesake brand. But that's just one piece of what we do. We also have a huge agricultural piece. So imagine the seed going into the ground and the, the fertilizers and all the things that take care of the ground. Um, we also have Purina, the animal nutrition side and the feed side. And so you plant the seed, the, the cows eat it that we feed, and then we milk them for our dairy products. So we are truly um, farm to fork. We are the seed in the ground to the finished product, which is a very unusual system, yeah. but it's huge. We feed 100 million animals a day in the United States. We feed basically every zoo animal in the United States. Wow. Um, we, we are in 50% of American homes with our butter. We touch 50% of all farms in America. It's, it's this huge system, and all the pieces are interrelated. And then our fourth business unit is the Sustain Group, which really focuses on the st sustainability practices throughout our network. Yeah. And finally, we have an international division that really focuses on making the world a better place, using what we can do in the ag space, which is unprecedented, and taking it out uh, beyond our shores. That's great. And I want to I want to chat more about that, too. But I recently caught something that was from Purina, and that's the Find Your Friend project, which I just found incredibly moving. It was one of the horse reunion films that came out as part of that. Can you tell me a little bit about that project? Yeah, the, that project started um, one of the animals that we feed and we're very proud of are the Clydesdales. And so the Anheuser-Busch Clydesdales have been with us and, you know, using our feed for many, many years. And we partner with them to make sure those horses are as healthy as can be because they are they, they are iconic yeah. animals. Um, I always wondered what we could do that would use a Clydesdale but not get in their space where it's, you know, the brewery space to have the hitch team. Yeah. And we, we found that we had um, a, a variety of Clydesdales that are privately owned around farms in America. We found one that was um, down in uh, Atlanta, near Atlanta, and we decided to film a little story. And for me, it's a pretty fundamental story. I mean, it's a very basic story. It's sort of like Toy Story or mm -hmm. <laughs> Puff the Magic Dragon. Right. A child grows up and leaves its toys behind. Um, and that's what we did with that story. Very, very simple, really lovely storytelling. The Martin Agency filmed it, um, but it was all done on location at this farm in Atlanta. And uh, then we thought, well, there's something even more powerful here, and that is so many people have horses in America and then have to lose them for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, the cost, or they move, or their their lives change, or whatever the case may be. And so we thought, how can we help reconnect those people to their original horses, the loves of their lives? Yeah. And um, so we set up sort of the, the ability for people to reconnect with their horses. 10,000 people have joined that community, and we have started to connect people back to their horses. Um, we recently shot a gentleman who uh, is unfortunately in stage four cancer, and we reconnected him with his horse that was about eight hours away. And the owner of the, the new owner of that horse said, I think I have your horse. It's a red mare with a scar on the back of its leg. and da, da, da. So 
she drove the horse to see him. And that reconnection was as memorable and beautiful as anything I've ever seen. And we didn't want it to look sad or taking advantage of his, you know, unfortunate situation. So we've been very careful how we reconnect and tell those stories. But it's it's something we believe in. Purina does a lot with horse rescues. They do a lot with taking care of down at our farm in St. Louis, which we have 70 PhDs working at round the clock um, on trying to, to make animals healthier. What What can we do? They they rescue a lot of racehorses and horses that are distressed, mm-hmm. and to watch them come back and live these incredible lives after they've been basically starved and mistreated is is those are wonderful stories that yeah. we're very proud of. And the one you mentioned is the one that I saw and just gave me goosebumps right. the first time that I that I saw it. <laughs> and I I noticed that, and the reason I was so excited to to chat with you um, when we met up at the at the summit, I had seen that, and then prior to that, I had seen the CIO campaign last year and it's just there's one thing after another of these really powerful um, you know story-based content can you talk a little bit about CIO how that started and well you know we on the on the dairy business um, we we wanted to tell the story that was bigger about the farmers and we're going to be in the future we're going to be doing more and more and more telling about our farmers because we are farmer owned and most people don't know that yeah. and for for younger consumers that's a real win. Um, American farmers. So we, you know, as young people go to some of these European butters, they're not owned by American farmers, and they're leaving a really bad carbon footprint on the world right. by shipping them over here. Um, great if you're collecting airline miles, I suppose, but probably not so much if you're, you know, wanting to eat uh, good butter. Right. You Butter is a commodity, so it is it is basically all going to be the same. Different fat contents, different you know, pasture-fed versus not. But there are standards of identity that you have to meet. Yeah. So Land Lakes prides itself on, on being best in class. Um, and so what we wanted to do was celebrate our farmers. And what most people don't know is how many farms are run by women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all have the stereotypical image of a, an older white guy in overalls with a red barn. That is that is from something a hundred years ago. That right. is no longer the norm. And in fact, seventy-five percent of the people on our dairy farms speak Spanish. Wow. Um, that is a huge number that people do not realize. So the diversity on our farms is is some a, a story we felt was important to tell. And we're going to be doing more with that. CIO is the first piece, oh, but you you have the diversity of of you know people's origins. You have the diversity of generations. On some of our farms, we have four generations. Um, that's an incredible diversity story to tell, the age and the, you know, what comes with that. We have people with disabilities. Um, we are even using some of our dairy farmers now during the, the slower times or when the cows are all being milked by robots and things um, to work with us and do gig work, which is, is, is really cool. You know, no sense sending some work offshore if we can have it done on our farm. So we really treat our system beautifully, but our farmers are the key. That's great. And for those of you that haven't seen it, we'll provide a link at the end of this podcast. But there was sort of a flagship piece of content, which was a music video that flips the old, e- what is it? EIO. EIO Old McDonald had a farm. <laughs> exactly. But now it's Old McDonald had a daughter. Yes. Right. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of places we can play. Yeah. And uh, I think 
the next versions of that, whatever that looks like, will continue to play that story. So, you know, and you'd mentioned the Purina video. There's the original one we did was a holiday video okay. uh, three years ago called Sam. And it is another sort of um, heart tugger, yeah. I will say, probably even more so oh, wow. than the one we talked about. Um, and it is uh, about rescue horses and oh, okay. uh, Christmas Eve. Yeah. And there's one horse that doesn't get rescued. Uh-huh. And so you imagine this poor horse alone in his barn and this wonderful old man saying goodnight and maybe next year. Yeah. And uh, Christmas morning, a young girl arrives uh-huh. to see him. And it's it, it gives you true goosebumps. Yeah. So that was, I love storytelling. Yeah. I think it is the most provocative thing we can be doing. Yeah. Um, and we have more stories to tell than any company I've ever worked with. And to that end, you know, I've, I've been learning a bit about the Land Lakes Foundation, in particular, uh, the Venture 37 piece of that. And I'm sure there's some great stories there. Could you give like an overview? First of all, what is Venture 37? And have you been doing any storytelling regarding that? We have. Venture 37 is our uh, formerly our international development group. And they have been working for dozens of years overseas, primarily doing a lot of good around the world, taking taking our practices in the United States and sharing them with the world to to make sustainable farming doable, sustainable dairy farming doable, mm-hmm. showing the world how to survive. You know, we've got traits and seeds and skills that can can help grow corn even in drought or rice or whatever whatever the crop is. We do them all. So why not share that learning with people who are trying to to earn a living, sustainable farming across the sea? We have a wonderful story um, that we share internally a lot. We've never filmed it, but it is about a, a village in Africa um, that was pillaged um, by rebels one night, and all the young boys were either killed, kidnapped, or maimed, every man and and boy. So what we what we were able to do is is there was a very strong uh, woman in the in the village and we we gave them a dairy we gave her a dairy cow and she started to milk the cow she then breeded the cow with a, another cow from another village so now there's multiples and she learned too she, we we gave her the help to show how you can take the cow manure and can convert it into energy so uh, suddenly the this village in the little huts had light bulbs and now she has become sort of the mayor of this village and keeps post-it notes on a wall of her of her hut uh saying where all the young boys are at any given time. So she watches out for the village. They have electricity. They have milk. Wow. They have su- a sustainable future. And that, those are the stories that are so powerful. And, you know, giving people the right to a life that they, they may never have had. And these are easy things. You know, a cow is not expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how how can we take that to the next level? We did film a, a gentleman over there. He and his he and his wife have, I think, two acres, mm-hmm. and we have shown them how to do um, just best in class production and okay. how how they can how they can start to make this into something. And yeah. they'll be growing. All of these little farms will be growing. Africa is ripe for change, and they've got a lot of land and a lot of land that's very similar. Topographically to the United States, sure. so why isn't it one of the the major 
belts of agriculture mm-hmm. in the world. We can make it that way. That's awesome. Um, so many great stories, and these are great examples. Um, for the marketers that might be listening and thinking about how they could start a similar initiative, a story-based initiative, do you have any advice for how to rally people around these sorts of ideas, and f- especially for a company maybe that's a little bit more traditional in their advertising and, and marketing? How do you push forward to tell some of these types of stories? You know, I think we started, when I started, we didn't really have a well-defined purpose. And purpose now, I believe, is maybe getting a little bit overused, but it shouldn't be. It's really critical to have a well-defined purpose. Ours is feeding human progress. Three words. Mm -hmm. Um, When I started, it was a paragraph that nobody could tell you what it was. Now people wear it proudly on their t-shirts and it's on walls, but everybody knows where that fits. I think what what we're seeing, you know, Harvard did a, a study that stories have 22 times more staying power mm. than facts. Oh, wow. So if I give you a list of facts, you're yeah. not going to remember. I right. tell you a story like I've told you, uh-huh. you will remember it for years. It's, stickier. The way, it's yeah. stickier. It's the way our brain is wired. Yeah. And so, you know, I always tell, and, and this goes back to my, my advertising days, Telling a compelling story is much more impactful than product, product, product with a point of difference. Whatever your point of difference is, make it a story. Make it something that people can connect with. They can smile. They can cry. They can feel something. Um, But give them that because without that, you're just pushing more facts on them. When we're getting 10,000 a day, nobody needs more facts. I don't. You don't. Mm -hmm. You can't remember everything. and, And I don't remember a slide show that I saw yesterday with data and more data and more data, mm-hmm. nor do I have any interest. But I will remember if I saw somebody standing up and telling an impactful story with you know one key visual, I'll remember it forever. You basically summed up the entire reason we're doing this podcast in about two minutes. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, well, these are great, great examples. We're going to share links to everything. Um, uh I guess in closing, what's what's next for you? What can we watch for? Well, I um, I'm going to be sort of moving into a a, a new phase. I uh, I'm lucky that I have a dog retreat up in Michigan, ah. which I I rescue dogs and we we board dogs. So it's it's a combination of business with with doing good. Yeah. Uh, we both have my partner and I are are big believers in doing the right thing, and so. You know, these animals, we, we've been bringing a lot over and helping golden retrievers from Istanbul, yeah. um, the, which they've brought over. Great Lakes Goldens has brought over a 1,000 so far, and, and we help these dogs. Uh, they stay with us for quite a while before they go out and get to their forever homes after yeah. they land on our shores. Wow. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to be doing a lot of consulting. Okay. Um, I'm I'm glad that the calls are coming in for the consulting. I just I I realized I've been commuting for five years, mm-hmm. every week. Wow! And um, as much as I love what I do, there does come a point where I want to be more at home, yeah. more with my partner, more with my dogs, more with my grandkids. Yeah. I want my life to to be a little more balanced than living on airplanes and living in a in another city. <laughs> so while I love what I do and I I plan to keep doing it either here or elsewhere. Um, it's, it was just time to rebalance a bit. So that is my future. Well, that sounds like an exciting new chapter. Yes, I think it will be. I'm excited. Cool. Thanks for being here today. Thank appreciate you, it. Joseph. Impre- appreciate it. To view the music video that launched the SHIO campaign, head on over to YouTube and search SHIO. And to view the Find Your Friend project, search Purina, Find Your Old Friend, 
or visit the links in the podcast description. Next time on the podcast, we'll be chatting with the marketing team from Cambria about their awe-inspiring brand film, The Legend of Cambria, that's giving Game of Thrones fans something to watch in absence of their favorite show. It really is a stunner, and we'll get into all the whys and hows of the film campaign next time on Content That Moves.